This podcast is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in scenic downtown Benson. Check out their new location. It's gorgeous. And by listeners like you, you can click on donate on twoheadednerd.com or head to patreon.com backslash twoheadednerd and become a monthly supporter. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha in romantic caverns deep below the sensuous metro area. Gross! It's our pleasure to welcome you to episode 729 of the Two Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast. I'm your head number one, the internet's Joe Patrick. And I'm your head number two, my name is Matt Baum. It's time for another back issue show, and this time, our sentient cosmic long box has us reading, discussing eight classes comics based on a theme as always. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so the CLB wants us to dish on the many loves of Matt Murdock, Daredevil himself, and pick which one of these ladies is best suited for the man without fear. We got a fun game for that later. <laughs> yeah, fun. Uh, boy. After that, we'll set you up with our must-read picks for next week's new comics, but now, while Matt and I aren't couples therapists, that won't stop us from playing a two-headed one on the internet. It's back at you review time in the ziggurat. While Daredevil might be the man without fear, he's got a serious weakness for the babes. Unfortunately, a mixture of Catholic guilt, social justice warrior philosophy, and superhero responsibility seems to ruin his healthiest relationships and make him fall even deeper in love with just about every hot woman out there, but especially the ladies who try to kill him. The only thing you can bet on with a Matt Murdock dating experience is it's going to be complicated. Today, we're looking at eight issues featuring eight lovely, scary, innocent, and sometimes downright psychotic ladies who hooked up with Daredevil. Joe Patrick, why don't you start us off, sweetheart? I will. I mean, so he's a social justice warrior in a good way. We're not using that as a pejorative. No, he fights he's, for social he's truly a social justice warrior. <laughs> okay, but you know that that term's like a dog whistle for shitheads. Well, right fuck now, them. Saying. We're not broadcasting for them. Yeah, okay. No shitheads allowed. As Matt said, we're starting things off here with Daredevil 57. This is from Marvel Comics. It's from 1969. It's written by Roy Thomas, with pencils by Gene Colan, inks by Sid Shores, colors by question mark. The internet doesn't even know. Somebody on the internet. Could be anybody. (laughs) Could literally be anyone. Letters by Artie Simic. It's got a cover price of 15 cents. Uh, its current value, it's about 120 bucks ungraded, or for a CGC 9.6, it'll run you about 450 bucks. Fun fact about Artie Simic, he was one of the creators whose names were taken to create the fake creator of the century. Oh, really? Joe, Joe Rosen and Artie Simic okay. became Artie Rosen. Yeah. Oh, Fair enough. There you go. Fun Fair fact enough. about Artie Simic. Still Jewish. All three of them. <laughs> oh, you know. Hey. Here is your synopsis. This is, uh, you know what? The, the, I, we started writing these so long ago that I have no idea. Uh, I think this might be from Marvel.com. The search for Karen Page's father comes to a shocking end. 
the identity Daredevil has fought to keep secret is finally revealed. Matt Murdock introduced as the man without fear to the most important woman in his life. If there's one woman that can give Elektra a run for her money as Matt Murdock's greatest love, it's Karen Page. Karen's been there since the beginning, working as a secretary for the Nelson and Murdock law firm as far back as Daredevil number one. But after that innocent first appearance, Karen's life became a roller coaster of betrayal and death. I think it's safe, like at this point, whenever we say Karen Page, we should say poor Karen Page. (laughs) Poor Karen Page. Yeah. Like, man, you're going to hear. You got to say it with a sigh in your voice. (laughs) Poor Karen Page. Uh, So, yeah, this isn't, obviously, this is not Karen's first appearance because in her first appearance, it was Silver Age fun, good times, and what's the fun in that? Yeah. This story is the finale of a saga where Karen's dad was suspected of being a villain called Death's Head. No relation. Not that Death's Head. (laughs) Right. This This version of Death's Head was a lunatic dressed like a mummy with a bejeweled skull. Do you know how badly I wish they thought that Karen's dad was space giant was space the, bounty hunter the, Death's Head. Was, was Death's Head? It's like, oh shit, that is your dad? That explains why Karen Page is like 11 feet tall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, be, she's very like, tall. I always wondered. She's a lanky tall. She's a tall glass of water. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where she got it. Uh, apparently this dude was so brilliant. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's Karen's dad. That It's it's a mystery at first, but it, we all know it's true. Apparently this dude was so brilliant that he not only created a devastating weapon called the Cobalt Bomb, but some sort of quote unquote treatment that made <laughs> shit like his horse's skin and saddle invisible. <laughs> Unfortunately, all that cobalt radiation went to his brain and a pretty terrible supervillain was born. Seriously, you have invented a chemical that turns things invisible. Well, no. What's your complaint? Where's your... No, not completely invisible. We can see the horse's skeleton. It's like... Well, okay, but... You created something that, the saddle is invisible. The saddle is invisible. I don't know why, but it, like, creates an x-ray of living things... Just out in the real world to everyone. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, the exact like specs of the effects of this treatment are not really addressed in this they didn't, story. Yeah, they didn't flesh it They're out. Just too like much. yeah, it's a treatment. It makes things invisible. Well, it's one of those things where like if you think about it too hard, <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> like, think about it. At what all, is really? this doing? <laughs> you know? I will say, I love this dude's costume. It is rad. No, it is not. It rad. is it's so terrible. bonkers. Oh I god, he looks it. so stupid. Oh, he looks so scary. This panel where he's like, I'm free, and he's got like the green eyes and the. I mask mean, and the, the s- weird metal skull, like the Day of the Dead kind of like weird skull is kind of cool. It's wild. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The dialogue in this issue is textbook soul pain. Now, that is a term that Matt and I know. It's kind of an inside joke amongst our old Krypton Comics pals. But it is an actual um, line of dialogue from, I believe, Daredevil 100, where uh, the dialogue is so freaking cheesy. And it it says something to the effect of, only now does Matt Murdock truly understand the meaning of soul pain. So when we say soul pain, that's what we mean. You're I just keep thinking of the soul train theme song. Soul, soul the, the soul train, yeah. It's classic pain. soul train. Every everything is way too dramatic and Daredevil makes terrible jokes nonstop. 
Foggy Nelson talks like a character from a 1940s musical, but it is definitely a hallmark of this era in Dee Dee's life. I mean, this is how Daredevil was. This is how Daredevil kind of always was, except for maybe like the first five issues, right? Until the late 70s. He was like fun loving. No, no, no. Silver Age Daredevil was the same. Yeah. He was like fun loving. Was like goofy? Yeah, goofy. He he was like fun loving Daredevil. And then something happened where they were like, this comic book isn't selling. We need to make this way more soap opera dramatic. (laughs) Yes, right. It's true. Even with this absolutely terrible death's head design, sorry, Matt. Oh, I love it. The art by Gene Colon is incredible. Like, no surprise there. It's Gene Colon. The guy's a legend. Colon's incredible. And, and yeah, I, look, I agree. The design is terrible, but it's one of those things that, like, is so terrible that it crosses into genius. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> love uh, it. Love uh, not it. only is Gene Colon a legend, he is a legendary Daredevil artist, like, specifically. Yeah. He's, his run on Daredevil is celebrated. I mean, he's a legendary artist of many things, but he, but specifically Daredevil. The biggest development of the issue is that uh, Daredevil reveals his true identity to Karen. Uh, Thomas and Colin deliver the scene with all the sincerity and pathos it deserves. I actually thought that scene was really well yeah, done. Yeah, it was well done. It was well done. There are definitely better Karen Page stories out there, but this is a big moment in her relationship with Matt Murdock. I'm going to give this a it because I don't love the story. It's a skimmit. There's no yeah. question. This is like definitely a skimmit. So it is a good story to like start to build on why Karen is so screwed up. Like it's not just like sure, the, yeah. It's Karen's dad is a disgraced businessman turned supervillain. Yeah, yeah I mean that's gonna mess any girl up. Sure, and <laughs> also her her boyfriend is secretly a crime busting vigilante. Yeah, who, I mean that's gonna uh, drive plays any girl emotional nuts. games with everybody he meets. Absolutely, so, and like yeah. maybe that's why she starts. I don't know, taking heroin later, but <laughs> it's a whole yeah it becomes thing. a prostitute <laughs> and does porn. You know, yeah. Karen is a rough one Poor for Karen. sure. Yeah. <sighs> Man, Poor Karen. yeah, Karen is the one. Like, if you're like, through, so there's going to be a theme in Mall Mine that's like, she's the one that got away, or she's the one. That, I'm going to say, Karen is the one you should have been fucking nicer to, dude. My God, <laughs> like, Karen yeah. is the, she's and, broken on an emotional level, <laughs> right? And and there are and there are great Karen Page stories from later on, like after after Born Again. Like the big defining Karen Page moment is from the stuff in daredevil born again where it's like yeah she's she got hooked up with the wrong crowd she ended up hooked on crack or heroin or whatever i'm surprised you didn't do one of those well and i'll touch on that here in a second and then uh she you know she sells matt's secret identity to uh somebody for like a score of drugs and to score drugs and then the uh yeah and then it gets to the kingpin because of, of obviously and, uh, but she recovers from that. She and Matt reconcile. And there are great stories featuring Karen after she kind of picks up the pieces of her life. But this was a pretty big moment in their relationship. Like you said, it kind of set the trajectory for where her life. No, definitely. Here. Definitely. And, um, the reason I didn't pick the issue where, you know, she gets, uh, hooked up. You know what? That scene in Born Again uh, is actually very minor. She's only in it for a couple panels. It's just like this yeah, junkie Karen. That's yeah. true. Like she's barely in it. Um, and then I didn't want to like I didn't want to do I didn't want it's very easy when this is the theme to pick 
nothing but issues where the girlfriend dies. <laughs> and I didn't want that to be the case. Well, we're going to, there's a recurring theme there, but you know, we'll you get know, to it. We'll I, get like to I it. did my best. Let's talk about, I would argue, Derek, I was going to say most dangerous girlfriend. Let's go with hottest. I think Electra's probably I the mean, hottest, he right? dated Typhoon Yeah, that's why I'm not saying most dangerous. We'll get there. Electra can be reasoned. I'm going to say she's the hottest, though, right? This is Daredevil. Oh, yeah, for sure. Daredevil 168 from Marvel, 1980. Unslabbed is going to run you 180 bucks. CGC 9.8, $2,600 one just sold for not too long ago. So, well, a 9.8, 9.8s, you know. Yeah, Electra's hot, though, you know. Written and drawn by Frank Miller, inks by Klaus Jansen, colors by D.R. Martin, and letters by Joe Rosen. Hey, the other half of the century. There guy. you go. Serendipity, huh? All right. Yeah. Here's your solidus. I think I wrote this. this is, yeah, here's your setup. I wrote this. This is the first appearance of Electra. Frank Miller introduces fans to Daredevil's first love, Electra Nachios. Chronologically. First chronologically. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A gorgeous <laughs> Greek student who met a young Matt Murdock in law school and fell in love. Years later, Electra has reappeared and her and Daredevil are tracking the same international criminal. So there's like a the past, the present thing going on. It's very yeah, yeah. very Tarantino. It's been way too long since I read this comic and I totally forgot that when Electra met Matt, like in this comic, she's just this like sweet, fragile flower, like nice little law school girl. <laughs> I mean, she knows like martial arts and stuff, but she's certainly not. I mean, I suppose, but like, she's not Electra assassin. I mean, certainly not. Yeah. yeah no, no. Uh, believe it or not. I had actually never read this before. Okay, so I'm going to admit to not reading something a little bit here that's going to shock you. So <laughs> I'm okay. This yeah, that I had never shock. I had never read like obviously I read like the death of De- uh, Electra and uh, all yeah, yeah, kinds yeah. of Electra stuff, but I have never read her first appearance before. So yeah, it's this was new to me. I own a pretty nice copy of this. Just saying. I mean, I, her origin is recapped in like the '90s thing. Her origin uh, is recapped Miller. like two thousand times. <laughs> the Man Without Fear, The Man Without Fear by Miller and John Romita Jr. Excellent. Yeah. There's by so the way. It's many. It's like a Daredevil Year One kind of thing. It's there's great. So many flashbacks of her origin and Matt trying to save her from the international terrorists. Her father is accidentally killed by police at some point, and I'm not really sure where it starts, but like she ends up blaming Matt. For dad's yeah, death. Yeah, that seems familiar to me too. And yeah. I don't know where that's coming from. It's definitely not here. It's not in this script. It's like, it's not in this comic. No, not at all. I, I don't, I don't know where, where that idea comes from. Do you think maybe it came from like ultimate Electra? No. Ultimate Daredevil and Electra? No, I don't think it was before that. I mean like Electra assassin and stuff. I mean, it, like she was. Merged. Are we wrong about the, are we wrong about her ever blaming him? No, she definitely does. She that full on happens, and I think it's part of Electra Assassin. Here's the thing: here, Electra isn't killing anyone. You, you're right. She knows martial arts. She does have the size, but she's just sort of like they're not sharp though. They're, they're well, blunted. one, they're not sharp, but she's hitting everybody with the back end of them for some reason. Yeah, with the handle. which is the yeah. wrong way to do it. But like, why do you have size? Maybe you'd be better off with a billy club, you know, like Daredevil. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. She's, she is a martial arts badass. I don't think any of the assassin and the blaming Matt stuff happened until Electra assassin. Now here's where I admit 
I have never read Electra neither have Assassin. I. Really? Oh, we're no, so, no, neither have I. Slack issues. We are doing this shit. Electra Assassin. I can't believe we've both missed this. And I'll bet that solves this mystery, right? I did not like that Matt continues to call her Olive Oil as a nickname. I mean, she's Greek. Get it? I get it. First of all, problematic. Second, Olive Oil is not attractive. Okay. <laughs> now, hold on. Is it problematic? I mean, a little. It's kind of reductionist. And Olive Oil, Popeye's wife, you think she's hot, Joe? That is not a compliment, all right? Hey, not man, hot. I, maybe that's not what he means. That's why Shelley Duvall played her in the movie, because they needed someone that was specifically hey, not hey, hey. hot. <laughs> you don't need to be bad-mouthing Shelley Duvall. Hey, that great actress. had enough problems. I love her. Great actress. They, you don't have to be Stan- beautiful. Stanley Kubrick basically drove her insane. You don't have to be beautiful to be a good actress or a good person, Joe. So maybe that's back at Yeah, you. I know. You've proven that many times. Miller's art and depiction of both the way Jared oh. Devil... And Electra fight is like kick ass. His script probably trying a little too hard to be dramatic here. It really loses the moment when Matt and Electra finally reunite. It just doesn't. It falls kind of flat. It's a great first appearance for Daredevil's first love, though. The bulk of Matt and Electra's relationship plays out in high drama as Electra gets darker and slips deeper into a role as an assassin as time goes by. Matt, of course wants to save her. So I think she kind of becomes the first one he thought he could fix. I'm giving this a buy. So uh, this is my, this is my theory. Um, I haven't read it in many, many, many years, but I think that maybe Daredevil blaming Matt for Electra. her father's death oh. happened in, yeah, pardon me. <laughs> yeah. Electra blaming Matt for her father's death um, may have happened in Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, which was a, a series by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. where she re, where he re, kind of reimagined. That could be. Yeah, that could be. Uh, like he kind of modernized Daredevil and Ele- Daredevil's origin and, uh, and, uh, and Electra's origin in their relationship. I would have to revisit um, that's, it. So that's my guess. Uh, but I haven't read that in a really long time, but that sounds like, that sounds familiar to me. This is a bite for me as well. I, I I was kind of surprised that in her first appearance, she's not playing for keeps. She just like not at all knocks dudes out. Not at all. She's a sweetheart. But you know, hey, people change. People become homicidal. Yeah. They get killed by supervillains and sure. resurrected by evil ninja clans. They, it happens. Bl- they blame Matt Murdock for their dad dying and going nuts. But to be fair, Matt Murdock blames Matt Murdock for a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, <laughs> it, to be perfectly fair, it is all justified. Yeah, Matt Murdock's guilty of a lot of stuff. Yeah, he is guilty of a, uh, guilty of a lot. This is great. When I opened this up and was reminded that I'd never read it, I was kind of surprised at myself because I was like, well, of course I've read the first appearance of Electra. And it, it was kind of refreshing that it was like all new to me and surprising because I did not know about this kind of phase of the character. It's very, very good. The art, of course, is excellent. Oh, yeah. I mean, damn. Electra isn't the only assassin Daredevil has dated. Hell, she ain't even the first. <laughs> Next up, we're talking about Daredevil 88 from 1972. Okay, to Marvel be fair, Comics, she is the first he dated. She's just not the only. Chronologically, uh, yeah. chronologically, <laughs> yeah. but not in terms of uh, publication. But there's right, at right, least right. three or four. <laughs> yes, excellent, excellent distinction from Matt. Yes. This one's written by Jerry Conway with pencils by, again, Gene Colan. 
Uh, inks here are by Tom Palmer. Again, no colorist credited. Letters are by John Costa. Who Cover is by Gil Kane then, on this colorist. one. Yeah, dime a dozen. <laughs> Uh, this one had a cover by a different artist. It's by Gil Kane. Cover price, 20 cents. Current value, uh, about 70 bucks ungraded. Or 250 for a 9.6 CGC. All right. All right. Yeah. Not too bad. Here's your synopsis. This one, again, is from um, Marvel.com. Kilgrave, the purple man, is back, and DD may never be the same again. That is, if he lives. Plus... Black Widow's secret past. <laughs> I love the synopses on Marvel.com because they're all so succinct. Almost to the point of not explaining anything at all. Well, I, I mean, you this, don't want to give it away. You don't, you know, come on. Sure, right. Yeah. This issue takes place during Daredevil's first relocation to San Francisco. He would go back uh, during Mark Wade's run, where he shacked up with the sultry Black Widow, a.k.a. Natalia Natasha Romanova. Romanoff is just an alias. I didn't know that. I, I had to look it up. Um, but yeah, Romanoff is just an alias, yeah. and that's what they call her in the movies. But her last name is Romanova, and Natasha is the informal form of Natalia. There's a little bit of a Russian for you. Yeah, it's a code name. She's a black widow. She doesn't exist. Yeah, it's a real great alias, Romanova to Romanoff. Oh, well, you know. The, the widow first appeared in Tales of Suspense 52 in 1964, and she became a regular member of the Daredevil cast in DD81. So just a few issues prior to this. They even changed the title of the book to Daredevil and the Black Widow for a while, uh, and it's true. I think that Daredevil 100 we talked about earlier is a Daredevil and the Black Widow issue. I believe it is. I believe you're right. Natasha was originally depicted as a war orphan rescued by a man named Ivan at the siege of Stalingrad during World War II. Tasha was eventually raised as a ward of the state and trained in the art of espionage. It's more or less the same origin we know today, minus the stuff about Bucky and the Red Room that would come later. So this story was very kind of of its time. Conway's story is split between a sexy 70s spy thriller and a silly superhero action comic. Yeah. Like it's when it opens with a car chase, and I was like, okay, what year did the French Connection come out? Yeah, you know, it's very like, well, this is a seventy spy movie. Cool, it, it's not far removed from what we were just talking about. Like they they were doing this whole like, here's not the that far past, and yeah. here's the future, and you know what's going on. Like it was just this was how they told Daredevil stories because they were so dramatic and complex. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, but I mean, on top of the spy stuff with Natasha's backstory, you've got the Purple Man. Yeah. Making what I think is only his second appearance. Uh, the scheming, sadistic rapist of Bendis and Maleev's alias is or to be found other than similar mind control powers. This version is a classic supervillain. He's complete with a costume. He's got henchmen. He's got a flying saucer for some reason. He's not even I don't purple. really understand the Purple Man's whole... His whole vibe is weird. He's, he's not, not even, even purple. purple. You're right. He's just wearing a purple I, costume. But I'll tell you what. I think I. You know who stole this scene? Lily, his hot blonde bombshell girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, very Bond. Also, very Bond villain. She wears yeah. a costume for no reason. She's not even a super villain. She's just his girlfriend. Yeah, she's like a gun. She's like a gun mall. <laughs> yeah, right? I love her. And she calls him Killy. It's true. It's like, what are you do? What you gonna yeah. do, Killy? Yeah, Killy. <laughs> I know. He's got his own little mess test monker. It's, it's great. The dialogue here is better than in the Karen Page issue, though this is still a more lighthearted take on Daredevil. 
Excellent art from Gene Colan once again. This time it's inked by the great Tom Palmer, and so it's like much more moody and atmospheric. Tom Palmer is heavy, heavy inks and a lot of black. Yeah, this comic looks and, kick ass. It, it, yeah, and, and so it's even even though it's the same artist, it's got a different vibe because of the inker. And you've got like like they, Gene Colan's doing all this stuff where they're like, you've got a character telling a story, and his face is floating in the background. And there's flames like coming around the face, and like people are you know like in the foreground like suffering. It's great. It's yeah, dude, great, it, it's man. rules. I I didn't appreciate Tom Palmer as a kid when he was. Um, he was inking Steve Epting on the Avengers, Steve Epting and John Buscema on the yeah. Avengers in the eighties and nineties. I didn't appreciate Tom Palmer. I was a fool. He's a badass. He is. The stuff with the purple man is ridiculous, but fun. And I was actually invested in what was going on with the Natasha and the B plot. I'm giving daredevil 88 a buy it. It's a fun read. And like, I wanted to know what's going on with section four or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean like, look, that's all captivating and I'm into it, but this is sort of like, it's sort of like what happens with the black widow today where it's, she has trouble sustaining her own book, even though she's a super interesting character and they put really great writers and artists on her. So they just kind of smashed her into daredevil and they're like, they're dating. That's dumb. <laughs> like, come on. They're a bad couple. It doesn't make sense. She, like, it just doesn't make sense. And it, they forced this so hard. I love the issue. It's a buy it. It looks great. Everything about it is great. But you can see editorial work in here. Like, we got to we gotta pimp up the Black Widow a little bit. Get her in Daredevil's book. You know, it's selling. Uh, you know, I appreciate the relationship they have now as exes because I think that's a fun dynamic. I suppose. And so I think that she plays off Matt. I think she plays off Matt. Well, now that they're kind of exes and they have this history. Yeah. Um, I have never read, like I've never read the first issue, like, like of their budding romance. So I don't know how it started. I, I just, only know it from like this issue and the soul pain issue. I have, I just never bought that shit. I never bought that. Yeah. Album. I mean, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, it didn't work. Uh, yeah. It, it's a shame. And so, yeah, like, I don't think that the problem with Natasha being, um, not being able to sustain her own book. That's not because she can't do it. It's that the fans don't support it, even though sure. there are so many people that claim to love Black Widow. It's like, well, then buy a Black Widow comic, you jerks. Yeah, no, I like, agree. How does a how does a Black Widow comic by Mark Wade and Chris Somney get canceled at like issue ten? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And and it's it's because she's always been a star, on par with most of the other people in the books she's guested in and so having her just kind of shoved to the side in this it's not satisfying no now it's time for quite possibly daredevil's craziest ex-girlfriend in the pages of daredevil 254 from marvel 1988 20, 25 bucks on Slab I mean, good I shape. mean, probably like literally well, craziest. Yeah. <laughs> and clinically, sadly, only 370 bucks in CGC 9.8. That seems like a steal to me. But I guess at this time they were printing plenty of Daredevil comics. So they're out there. This is written by Ann Nascenti, cover and art by John Romita Jr. with inks by Al Williamson, colors by Max Scheel, and letters by the one and only Joe Rosen. Dude got around in the 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Here's your setup, courtesy of me. 
It's your first appearance of Typhoid Mary, and boy, is it a first appearance. It opens with her all spread leggy on the very first panel. (laughs) Before she was dating the Kingpin and helping the X-Men fight Orcus, Mary was hired by the Kingpin to make Matt Murdock fall in love with her so she could rip his heart out. Meet that old song and dance. Meet Daredevil's most unstable lover yet and learn her origin in this red hot spread leggy issue. Typhoid Mary is a mutant who has two separate personalities. And, and this is just, this is not part of the book. This is me letting you know who she is. Mary is a sickly girl prone to epileptic seizures and typhoid. Her other personality is a psychotic with telekinesis, telepathy, and pyrokinesis. Three kinesis. Seems like a bad, bad mix. <laughs> yeah. bad three, that's three too many kinesis. Later, we would learn there were other personalities too. There was Bloody Mary, Walker, and I don't even want to talk about Mutant Zero because that shit. Mutant was, Zero was a mistake. God, that was dumb. I hated that shit. Nicenti's run was like where I first met Daredevil. I picked it up because of the covers. John Romita Jr.'s covers were so badass. And when I met Typhoid Mary as a kid, I was terrified of this girl. <laughs> did something to you in your downstairs she, parts. Well, no. I mean, she painted her face like white. She was kind of like punk rock and weird, like half Michael Jackson, half Joan Jett. She had this bizarre dreadlock looking hair. She carried swords. She had three psionic abilities. <laughs> as crazy as Nascenti wrote, Mary, John Romita Jr. drew her like a smiling sex maniac. Although... I don't know if I could call her sexy. I will say yes. She definitely stirred some weird feelings in a young mama. (laughs) She's definitely using sex as a weapon. Yeah. I don't know that any rational man would look at her and go, hmm, yeah, Yeah. get me some of that. Give me that. Mm -hmm. During this time, Matt had been working with like uh, this kid who had recently been blinded and his partner Foggy, to make things even more complex, was defending the company that blinded the kid. (laughs) And he was dating Matt's ex, Gloriana O'Brien, who we're going to talk about in just a minute here. Drama! (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, man. Uh, Matt is the biggest dick to this kid, too. There's that scene in the hospital where he's like, can you sense my fist? Sense it. And the kid's like, I'm sorry, I'm just a blind kid. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's totally like, no, I'm sorry, Tyrone. I didn't mean to fucking threaten you by punching you, almost punching he's your like, face. <laughs> he's like trying to train this kid into having daredevil powers as though you can just manifest them with right. sheer willpower. And it's like, look, I get it. Stick was a total prick to you, dude. I get that. That doesn't mean it's healthy or okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It would be like if he splashed that kid in the face with nuclear waste. Right. Is that how he went blind? Totally. Like, what the hell? What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Like, you got to do better, Daredevil. Come on. <laughs> Nascenti's kingpin steals the whole show here, though. No fear of Mary at all. Rather, he launches a plan to use her to take down Daredevil. It sets in motion a fantastic four-issue storyline where we get to see Matt's emotions twisted to the point of madness by Mary. I love this character. Fights a vacuum. Oh, yeah. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend trope taken to the extreme, and it makes her a perfect foil for both Matt and later the kingpin. Mary was purely insane and use her telepathy to make Matt love her. So I'm not sure this even counts as a relationship. She's a fantastic character that would haunt Matt and Wilson Fisk for years to come and ends up being both of their crazy exes. But quite honestly, I don't think she needed to use her powers at all on Matt. I think she just needed to show up, treat oh, Matt yeah, like no, Matt, shit. Yeah. It's 
kill yeah, some no, no, no. people, set some shit on fire, and Daredevil's like, oof, give me some. <laughs> I'm giving this a bite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Hey, spoilers for, I think, this week's comics. Wilson and Mary, they're back, baby. Like, well, they have they been found for, her. Well, they had been for a while. Well, she she vanished after the attack. Oh uh, yeah, she at left the Hellfire Gala. She left with the music, um, and yeah. now she's back. And and they were playing kissy face. Oh, in uh, I think this week's X Men. Great idea, Wilson. That how could this yeah, possibly it's just go like, wrong, dude? I mean, come on, man. Like you know better, right? <laughs> right. You're supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> I, yeah, hey, but you know what? Maybe she's using her mental flim flam on him. I don't yeah, know. I, uh, this issue is a buy it. I love this run unapologetically. I know that we're kind of harsh on Anne Nascenti uh, in her later works, but uh, this run is fantastic. Yeah. It's peak Ramita Jr. Like, this is mm, chef's kiss, Ramita oh, yeah. Jr. That hair. And um, I like this era during Nascenti's run, uh, Daredevil had like oh, basically a whole army of street urchins. Uh, yeah. It was very Oliver, Oliver Twisty kind of. This is fantastic. Typhoid Mary is weird and gross and great. This is a buy it. Oh, she wears a pink leather jacket with her name on the back of it, just in case. And one sleeve. It's It's got one sleeve. The other one's cut off. You know, punk rock. (laughs) She's a special girl. She's a special girl. Well, Matt mentioned Gloriana O'Brien a few moments ago, and the time is now. To discuss her, Daredevil 216 is the issue. This is from 1984. This is written by Danny O'Neill with art by David Mazzucchelli. Colors by Steve Malore. Letters by Joe frickin' Rosen. He's a man. Unstoppable. Uh, it's value. Not much. Six bucks ungraded. 110 bucks for a 9.8. Uh, you know, per- perfectly reasonable. It's not a key issue. No. Here is your uh, synopsis from Marvel.com. The Gale does something desperate to escape prison. Is Gloriana O'Brien in trouble once again? Yes. Um, fuck yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> and who is the old woman of the beer? The IRA rises. <laughs> Thanks, Marvel. Daredevil 216 is not the first Daredevil comic I ever read, but it is the second Daredevil comic I oh. ever read. And so Gloriana O'Brien was my first exposure to Matt Murdock's tortuous love life. Gloriana is a photographer with a side gig as an IRA sympathizer. I almost said NRA. (laughs) NRA sympathizer. (laughs) Yeah. Gloriana, a photographer with a side gig as an IRA sympathizer, first appeared in Daredevil 205. And in reality, she and Matt were barely a couple. His constant absences drove the pair apart, and she started dating Foggy Nelson instead. Yeah, sleeping with his friend. Oof. Yeah. I mean, you know, later. (laughs) That didn't last, of course. And she was eventually killed by a villain named Cruel, K-R-U-E-L, in Daredevil 340. I mean. An unceremonious death for Gloriana. 340 were probably in the 90s, so K-R-U-E-L. It was definitely in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, that that tracks. (laughs) This issue blew me away as a kid. My first Daredevil comic was a Frank Miller joint, so I'd already gotten a taste of Daredevil's grim tone, but this was so dark and violent, and the art was next-level gorgeous. Yeah, man. Denny O'Neill does not get enough props for his Daredevil stuff. It's great. It's legit great. I mean, he is a classic. Like, the guy co-invented, like, co-created, essentially, the Dark Knight persona of Batman. Yeah. Like the version of Batman 
that would go on to become the definitive Batman. That Denny O'Neill did that. Stories about Ireland and the IRA were all the rage. They were only about a year out from U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday. So O'Neill's story is ripped from the headlines, as it were, even sure. though Bloody Sunday happened. Yeah, I mean, the they 70s. were blowing up cars and shit. It was it was a whole, you know, Catholics Protestants mess up there. His dialogue is from the Chris Claremont School of Dialect Writing, so there's absolutely no questioning which characters are Irish in this comic. The brogue is thick. Yeah, okay, yes, but it's not as offensive as Claremont. It, it just isn't. Like, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's way better. It's not as better. egregious. Like, it, there's a reason as, yeah. why they, yeah. It's not as egregious. I'll give you that. It's pretty bad, though. It's not great. <laughs> it's pretty thick. It's, it's, pretty thick. it's really thick. How, you got, how else are you going to do it? You got to do it so a kid can read it and be like, yeah, that's what Irish people sound like, you know? From Nebraska. What do I know? <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? Good point, Matt. What did we know about Ireland in right. 1984? Yeah, well, I just knew they were blowing cars up and shit. I was like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> The plot centers around an IRA member turned traitor called the Gale, who killed Glory's father. They call her Glory for short. <laughs> and went after her as well before Daredevil stopped him. Now he's on the loose and he's back on her trail. So Irish. G-L-O-R-I. Glory's father. No! <laughs> How dare ye! <laughs> I mean, her name is Gordiana. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. The Gale escaped from custody by basically putting himself through a laundry press. It's very gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, the dude is fucked up. Like, you gotta um, but want to get out of prison. Like, he really, really wanted to, want really to get wanted out of to kill prison. that girl. Yeah. <laughs> kill somebody. <laughs> I loved everything about Matt's search for Gale, which would have seemed kind of cheesy under lesser creators. You know, like he meditates to get ideas. Sure, sure. Uh, there's a weird flower obsessed villain, et cetera, et cetera. But O'Neill and Mazzucchelli deliver a tense sequence that makes even sitting in a dark, empty apartment exciting. Like that whole thing where he's like, I can smell the aftershave of the guy in the next yeah. one. She's using a new sort of whatever powder in the shower. You That's know. Daredevil. Like, That's Daredevil. Like think about how hard it is to like express the powers of a blind guy that sees yeah. through it sees through radar and can smell really well, you know, and like hear really well yeah. and stuff. They're, they're nailing it here. It's excellent. Magic Kelly, especially makes the Gale kind of scary slash creepy. Uh, even though he's just a normal guy dressed like the shadow that talks like looking the leprechaun. He's not dressed like the shadow, Joe. He's the shadow, Joe. <laughs> he's His scarf is gray or blue instead yeah. of red. That's the only difference. Well, Denny O'Neill did the DC shadow stuff with Michael Kaluta, didn't he? Let me see real quick. That may have been Howard Chicken, though. No, Denny O'Neill. He wrote the shadow. Yeah, at DC. He wrote the yeah. shadow with, uh, with Kaluta at DC. So, like, I think this is him doing a thing. Like, hey, remember when I did that? That's, that was yeah, awesome, it's right? It's weird, though, because the shadow and the gale are no, nothing alike. No, it, they just changed the color of the scarf. The shadow is a red scarf. Gale is a blue scarf. Yeah. Matt's fight with Gale is brief. It's one-sided, but O'Neill knows when to shut up and let the art shine. It's just like a few panels of like silent moments where Matt is like protecting himself from a knife lunge, accidentally getting in a chokehold, smashing him with the chair. It's a very well choreographed fight for something that probably 
uh, took 30 seconds. Yeah. The Gale's just a dude. It's violent as hell though. The only thing, okay, there's one part where the Gale is leaping at uh, Daredevil and like grabbing him and he's, you know, wearing a trench coat, but from this angle, it looks like he's got like a dress on, like he's mother from Psycho, you know? Like, <laughs> no, he does have a dress on. It's not a dress. He does have it's a dress like on a because coat. he's disguised as the old woman. Oh no, you're right. He is in this part. He is disguised as the old woman. So I take that back. That's yeah, right. He's totally wearing a dress. Yeah. Okay, Matt Murdock beats right. up a guy dressed like a woman. No, it's a super violent. It's a super violent fight scene. It's great. Matt's final reunion with Gloriana is beautifully poetic. It's really no wonder that I thought she was a bigger deal in the Daredevil mythos than she actually was. In reality, as I said earlier, not very. No. And you know what? I got to admit something. As a huge of a Daredevil fan that I am, I've never read some of this. I did not know who Gloriana was. This is my... She's a footnote, really, in Daredevil's... A footnote at best. And later on... They don't draw her this cute. <laughs> like she gets kind of well. I mean, she gets kind of butch. Kid, later. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's just like for me, like this was my f- first time I ever saw Daredevil with uh, any kind of romantic relationship. I was like, oh, she's you know, she's the main character. Not really. No. The topical nature of Daredevil two sixteen, it's definitely dated, but. I think it totally holds up thanks to a very strong story by O'Neill and phenomenal art by David Mazzucchelli. This is a huge buy it from me. No I, question. I think it's still great. No question. Massive buy. We're going to jump way forward to the lady that I bet you watched on TV recently. This is Daredevil Volume 2, number 9. From Marvel, 1999. It's 120 bucks on slab. Only $250 for CGC 9.8. It's selling for. Us. I don't think it's. It can't possibly be that hard to find. That wasn't that long ago. But still, you would think with the TV, you know, with this on Disney Plus, no bump. Really, speculators? No bump. You got to be kidding me. Come uh, on. I mean, who's to say? Yeah, I don't know why. It's written by David Mack. Cover by Mac, art by Joe Casada, inks by Jimmy Palmiotti, colors by Richard Eisenhove, and letters by Richard and Liz Starkings of Comic Craft. They're a couple. It's cute. Here is your setup. As Matt Murdock, okay, I didn't write this because it's in all caps. As Matt Murdock attempts to rebuild his life from the ashes of the Guardian Devil story arc. Old friends and foes arrive, and when a former employee of Wilson Fisk contacts Matt, claiming to know the secret of the fat man's criminal empire, a new twist is added to the classic battle between Daredevil and his nemesis, Kingpin. This is your first appearance of Echo, Maya Lopez, was created by Joey Q and David Mack. Kevin Smith had just ended his run, right? Bullseye killed Karen Page. It was a whole thing. Like literally one issue. It, it, this is the next issue after. Yeah. And yeah. so Karen, for those of you who don't know, thought she had AIDS. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Mysterio was messing with Daredevil, made Karen think she had AIDS, made like Daredevil think he was saving some angel kid. It was a whole thing but yeah, it was a, it was a that's thing. not how she died she didn't have AIDS so we all settled down was like all right good bullseye killed her yeah killed by bullseye David Mack came on as a new writer and the kingpin knew of course Matt Murdock just losing in the love of his life Karen Page is in desperate need of a rebound so we meet Maya Lopez aka Echo 
who is not a mutant, but she does have powers just like the mutant taskmaster photographic reflexes that allow her to mimic any move she sees. Like we see her playing piano here. She's doing like these piano recitals for, you know, polite society. And she's incredible because she could watch somebody else do it and then just repeat it basically. So this is why I think that she doesn't have powers because if she's not a mutant, where'd the powers come from? This is according to Marvel, dude. I don't know what to tell you. They, they, they say she's not a mutant, but she has photographic reflexes. So it's just I understand. Thing she's Photog- I understand. Photographic reflexes, I understand, but. I, I agree I'm, that I don't think it's powers. That's why I thought it was kind of bullshit they gave her powers like, on the you show. You can call it photographic reflexes, and it's just a very uncanny ability. I agree. Like 100%. she is some sort of savant. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, it's. Because otherwise she'd have an origin and she doesn't really have an origin about where she got powers. Like I've never read one. No, she's just a badass, And I think that makes her more interesting personally. And I wish they just yeah. would have stuck like, with that in the show. Right. Be- right. Because when she's prepping to meet Matt or at some point we see her watching like videotapes of old Captain America fights yeah. and videotapes of Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. And, and so just she's studying. doing what she they has to do. Work at it. Yeah. Whereas, like the Taskmaster, maybe it's more instant. He sees he, it once. He's got it. Yeah. He sees it, and instantly he can do what you do. I don't think she's got that level. I think she's really good, but she's got to work at it, like you said. This is what I choose to believe. Yes, I agree. I wish they would have done that on the show, but like there is this really nice play on the idea of these two characters, like overcoming their handicaps, right? Matt is blind, but he's a total badass. He's got radar. He's got heightened senses. Maya's deaf, but she's got these photographic reflexes. And so when they like fight, it becomes this dance that they're doing. Like Matt realizes I'm not fighting her and she's not fighting me. I'm doing moves and she is responding to my moves with my moves. Call and response like in a Yeah. And it's just a, gorgeous scene man it's amazing and then they backflip onto opposite ends of a seesaw on the bar no (laughs) so of course she's trying to kill him matt falls in love with her instantly what else is he to do yeah i mean come on here mac lays out echo's origin and how the kingpin became her benefactor joe q's art is crazy this is peak Joe Q. He's mixing media with crayon drawings to tell Maya's origin, but jumping between Matt, like pining for Karen over like actual sheet music, and then switching to him flipping through the streets of New York with his billy club. But like something about Joe Casada's Daredevil, the billy club line was like a mile long and yeah. whipped all around it. Like it was more complex than Spider-Man's webs. It was crazy. And I love also it. very irresponsible. Like oh, yeah. how are you going <laughs> to untangle yourself from yeah. that? I also love it. And I got to say yeah, Starkings, their lettering here is absolutely incredible. This book looks so goddamn good. This it's a really great intro to echo and the idea of echo. I will say yeah, I think Mac is probably lifting Nesenti's kingpin plan for Typhoid Mary a bit here, but, you know, I'll allow it. Echo goes on to be a lot of things, including an Avenger and later a wielder of the Phoenix Force. Barf. But she was introduced as a really interesting potential villain turned love interest that could actually take care of herself, like Elektra. But she, too, is killing people. Unlike Elektra, she was working for the kingpin. <laughs> 
Echo may have been Matt's healthiest relationship for a minute there, but she's probably just another hot murderer that Matt thought he could save. I'm giving this a buy it. I agree. This is a great comic. It is, uh, and Echo is a great character, to be fair. She's great. Like, I, I don't have any special, like, affinity for her. Like, I'm not, like, Echo, yeah, okay, she's good. She's cool. But I'm not, like, yearning for new Echo stories, so I, I don't mean to be dismissive when I say that I don't care about Echo, as I have in the past. But would you say that, that she's... Would you say that all the problems we have with Echo are because of things that Marvel did to Echo? <laughs> Um, like after I this, I mean, you know? yeah, you know, made her Ronin, right? Made her the Phoenix. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Or, or even made her an Avenger. She doesn't need to be an Avenger. That's like not even important to her character. We don't need that. No, I, but uh, like that's, I mean, look, if somebody wants to make a weird character an Avenger, if they have a case for it, then fine. But I just don't think they ever really made a case. Oh, for you, it. yeah. Like Wolverine and Spider-Man, right? Yeah, yeah, or Shang Chi during look, Hickman's run. I'm like, fine with Shang Chi being there. Or I still Cannonball. Think I mean, Wolverine, come on. Spider-Man, and Cannonball—bullshit. You're not Avengers. You don't need to be Avengers. That's dumb. You're already a thing, right? Look, Matt. People can be more than one thing. People are complex creatures. Oh, please. Anyway, um, the art is gorgeous, and I think a lot of that is not to like take anything away from Joe Casada, who is a um, uh, powerhouse. The coloring by Richard Eisenhoff goes a long way to the way this book looks. For He's sure. the colorer of um, Wolverine origin. Yeah. And like, he was the first guy that I remember seeing in modern comics that did those lush kind of painted yeah. colors where the coloring was part of the back, like more than just like, here's how you tell the shapes apart. Sure. Sure. You know, sure. it was a, it was a real factor. And, and uh, yeah, that's why this book looks as great as it does. It's like a match made in heaven. It's a huge buy it. I really like this game. Matt, I totally did not plan to pick two comics from the same creative team. Twice. Four girls that get murdered. I, you know what? I guess. No, no, no. I, I, to be fair, uh, it was Gene Colan twice and David Mazzucchelli twice. Yeah. In this case, it's Denny O'Neill for a second time, though with the Gene Colan issues, they were different writers. I did not plan that. I apologize. And yet another girlfriend. I am talking now about Daredevil 20. Yet another girlfriend that gets killed, too. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, you know. I think uh, you've got both the dead to, ones. You've, you've had all three of the dead ones. No, I mean, you got Electra. You, you, she's you not didn't dead. about Electra getting killed. Electra's back. She's running around. She's feeling much better. Electra's death is like one of the most famous Daredevil stories of all time. I don't disagree. All three of yours are still dead, bro. <laughs> okay. Mila is also dead. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mila did die. Yeah. yeah. yeah Spoiler. So eat it. We'll get there. This is Daredevil 220 from 1985. <laughs> this is written by Denny O'Neill with art by David Mazzucchelli. Colors here by Christy Scheel. Letters by Joe Rosen. So this is only like four issues later than the Gale one. Yeah. It cover price here is 65 cents. Current value, six bucks on graded, 85 bucks CGC, 9.8. Uh, again, not a key issue. Sorry, Heather Glenn fans. <laughs> I think it, this is another one you could call her poor Heather Glenn. <laughs> poor Heather. <laughs> Heather Glenn, uh, this, is your, uh, this is your synopsis from Marvel.com. 
Heather Glenn meets a tragic end. Spoiler alert. Leaving Matt racked in guilt. That's but never was happened death- before. Normally he feels so good. Guilt. Daredevil? No. <laughs> but was Heather's death truly a suicide? Dot, dot, dot. Or a murder with a motive? Mm-hmm. Murdoch and Nelson are back in practice trying to avenge the death of a woman who touched both their lives. Heather Glenn, who first appeared in Daredevil 126, was a former socialite, the daughter of a disgraced CEO driven to suicide by the Purple Man. She worked as a secretary for Nelson and Murdoch for a while. She had a tumultuous on-again, off-again romance with Matt, as well as a wicked substance abuse problem. (laughs) Foggy and Natasha tricked the couple into breaking up for good. Assholes. And Heather ended up partying with Tony Stark during his Demon in a Bottle days. She also dated some dude named Tarkington. First name Tarkington. <laughs> he came back After into Fran Mass- Tarkington? <laughs> like, no, no, no. The guy's first name was no, Tarkington. No, I know that, but like, why would they pick the name Tarkington as a first name? Dude, I have name? no clue. I have no clue. She came back into Matt's life in this issue with tragic results. <laughs> Truly. Keep going. I I got thoughts after your next thing. Okay. Heather Glenn is a pretty well-known name in Daredevil lore. She's mentioned right up there with Karen and Electra in the list of Daredevil's tragic loves. But I've never read any of her stories before prepping for this episode. Heather Glenn is a goddamn mess. She is a train wreck. She's <laughs> like, in bad shape. Yeah. I do not blame Foggy and Natasha for like literally tricking Matt <laughs> into dumping. Well, they trick them both. Like Black Widow writes a note to Daredevil from Heather. Right. And Foggy does the same from Matt. Right. And it's basically a Dear John letter to each one of them from the other. Yeah. And which it's is like, like the dirtiest of tricks. You could have just been like, yeah. man, that bitch be crazy. You got to get this, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, she wasn't always as bad as this. Uh, Heather makes a drunken late night call to Matt in the middle of a complete emotional breakdown, uh, a theme that has run through this episode. Oh, yeah. But Matt's been burned by her behavior before, so he's pretty harsh with her. You know what? I'm fine with it. (laughs) I'm honestly fine with it. Like, yeah, get away from this mess. Like, I'm sorry. You got to take care of yourself. He is, Daredevil. Uh, I mean, that's basically what he says. Daredevil is not a goddamn therapist, and you don't want Daredevil as your therapist, all right? <laughs> well, that part, is, that part is true. When he discovers that Heather's call made him too late to save a woman from being killed by her abusive husband, Matt loses it and ignores her other calls, leading Heather to commit suicide. Like, she was legit at the end of her yeah. rope, and... He just had heard it too many times before. And well, I mean, like, look, we all grew up and had those desperate cry for help. Like, and maybe, maybe you were the desperate cry for help. You're like, if you don't love me, I swear, baby, I kill myself. You know, (laughs) you know, you never know. Yeah, I mean, it's this is not uh, to make light of it, but I mean, come on. No, no, no. But like, I don't put the blame on Matt necessarily because I totally understand that that's a very real thing. Sure. You know, people having the friend that's just had too many chances. Right. You know, it it, it happens, unfortunately. To be fair, it's handled really well here. Really Yeah, well. I totally agree. So, like, you know, he's he's willing to rush to her side to save her, but he's not, but he's over trying to 
save her. Right. If, right. You know what I mean? Like he thought she was in danger. Now, had and that's she, why he rushed over. Had she tried to kill him, I'll bet he never would have let this bitch go. <laughs> you know, like, had she just put a <laughs> gun in married. his face? They'd probably oh, totally. be married. Just put a gun in his face. He's yours forever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's also a profound sense of grief that comes with Heather's death and some subsequent lashing out and jumping to rash conclusions. Hence, like, the murder plot. All of this rang, well, not the, all of this, except for the murder plot, rang (laughs) really true to me. As I said, it's very, very powerful. Once again, due to the immense talents of O'Neill and Mazzucchelli, one of O'Neill's strengths as a writer is knowing when and where dialogue should be avoided. Yes. Especially in little moments like Matt wearily getting out of bed and getting dressed after Heather's first call. It's like four perfect panels and like, the emotional state is palpable. Yeah. There's, he's just like, God, got to deal with this. There's one panel bullshit. that just sums it all up. He literally hangs up the phone, and the next panel is like him with his hand on his head. His and, hand in his hair. And you've yeah, all been absolutely. there where you're just like, Jesus, God, am I really doing yeah. this again? You know? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. I really can't say enough about the art. David Mazzucchelli is one of the all-time great comic book artists of the 80s. He's still at it today. Uh, some years ago, well, I'm, I'm not sure what he's done lately, but some years ago, he put out a graphic novel called Asterius Polyp, and it won all the Eisners. Yeah. Like, the dude is, he can't be stopped. Daredevil 220 was my first and my last encounter with Heather Glenn. I don't really have any strong feelings about them killing off her character. I didn't have any attachment to her, but I can't deny that the creators told the hell out of the story. It is a huge buy it. Yeah. And it's like, yes, absolutely. This is fantastic. Are they using her character as this like horrifyingly nightmare, you know, tragic person? Yes. But guess what? That's what we come to daredevil for, (laughs) you know, like this is great. Well, you know, and she, she was already a tragic character. Yeah, she's a party girl that, like, partied too long. You know, and here she is. It's hard, yeah. I don't even know where to start with Daredevil number 41, so I'm just going to go right into it. But, like, <laughs> I feel so bad. For this character, like possibly poor worse Mila than again, any poor Mila, like, yeah. like it's not even like poor Mila, it's like, oh god, Mila. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is Daredevil number 41 from Marvel 2003, seven bucks on slabbed, only 32 bucks in CGC 9.8. Not a you know, not a key, yeah. Sorry, Mila, written by uh, Daredevil volume two, right? This is the second volume of Daredevil. Oh, uh, yes, pardon me, Daredevil volume two. I never left volume one. I'm sorry. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis. Cover and art by Alex May Leave. Letters by Richard Starkings and Comic Craft. I don't know why Linda isn't here. I hope nothing bad happened, but, you know, is what it is. Here's your setup. Wilson Fisk has been shot, so his wife, Vanessa, shipped him out of the country to heal and dismantled his criminal empire to keep him safe. This left a power vacuum in the New York crime world that the owl is trying to fill, thinking Daredevil is not going to be an issue because the Daily Globe exposed Matt Murdock as Daredevil's alter ego after a snitch named Silk tried to sell out his identity to the FBI. All this and Matt meets the woman he will marry in a year. This is the first appearance 
of the one and only Mrs. Daredevil herself, fellow blind person, Mila Donovan. There were so many moving parts in every issue of BMB's Daredevil. In this one alone, Matt meets Mila. He's dealing with his alter ego being outed. The stilt man is retiring. By the way, Mayleaf draws him to look exactly like Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's kick-ass. The owl is moving in on New York, and Daredevil's trying to find the owl. And of course, Foggy is paranoid as always. Rightfully so. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, I love, I love Bendis's owl. I love it. Oh, it's so good. I love, I love slimy crime boss. Absolutely. I love Bendis's foggy because foggy the entire time when I went back and read this, I was like, oh yeah, this entire time foggy was saying like, Matt, you're going crazy. You're not acting normal. You are out of your mind trying to warn him. Like you're on the verge of a breakdown. And then he has a mental breakdown. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> this, well, yeah, you know. The story begins with Matt meeting Mila when he saves her from being hit by a truck. It's a very simple sequence. It's just like old school superhero stuff. Mila's walking with her friend, having a normal conversation, and her life is forever changed when she's saved by Daredevil. The, the dialogue is perfect, and it reminded me of exactly why I love this Bendis run so much. It's just simple, and direct the scene where they're like laying in the broken glass after he like swept her out of the street and they crashed through a window. And he's like, your shoulder was pierced with glass. You are going to be okay. I need you to look at me and tell me that you're all right. And she's like, what? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. just, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Same. With the I scene really liked with um, stilt man, the stilt man scene where he comes in and he's like, look, I know you're daredevil. You have fucked with me so many times. I quit. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if this is part of it. And Matt Murdock's just like, uh, I don't think we've met Mr. Stillman. And he's like, stop um, it. <laughs> right. Uh, I really like uh, Dare, uh, Daredevil. I really love Bendis's knack for dialogue here. Yeah. I know that it get, he gets a lot of flack for some of his quirks and it's well-deserved. But something I think he excels at is the voice of the normal person. Yes. Like a woman just went through a near trauma. She is freaking out. She can't see shit, by the way. Right. And a stranger is telling her, you've got a dagger of glass in your shoulder. It's going to be okay. Are you okay? And she doesn't know what to do. Right. She doesn't know what to respond. He, the same, like he, his, uh, like his high schooler, dialogue was great in things like ultimate spider-man like he's very good at the normal person voice yeah the thugs walking through the alley in this one talking about like but you know what i think about daredevil and like it's great it sounds like some assholes just shooting the shit about daredevil he writes it like a movie script almost in a sense like you can hear people saying this stuff out loud yes and there's a lot about comic book dialogue in general, that would sound ridiculous if you read it out, oh, if somebody totally. said it out loud oh, to you. totally. But Bendis' dialogue doesn't. So Mayleaf's art was going through this particularly gritty photo referencing phase. I still yeah. love it. His fight too. scenes are so stiff, though. They, they are yes, so they are. stiff. Now, the realism that he brings to characters just having a conversation or walking down the street or sitting at a desk together is incredible. But the fight scenes, I have to admit, are lacking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're lacking. Totally agree. I, I don't think Alex Maleev is not 
really an action artist. No. You know what I mean? That's not what where he excels. And I I could read a book about him where he draws people talking all day long every day. Sure. But having you know having him get draw a stilt man kicking a guy or gladiator shooting buzzsaws at him or whatever it is at any given issue. Yeah. It's his, like eh. his ninja skills are, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. So Bendis keeps the story moving with his excellent timing, ends the issue. It's just a perfect ending with Mila just sitting in her windowsill. She's looking out the window for like two panels. And then she just whispers the word daredevil. And you can tell like she's in love. Like, holy shit. (laughs) She's very smitten. She's got kind of a hero worship thing going on. Little does she know, he's going to marry her in the middle of a complete mental breakdown, which will result in her getting an annulment and later being committed to a psychiatric hospital and then dying. (laughs) Yeah, but the psychiatric thing's not her fault. Mr. Fear is involved. No, I get it. But hey, she does get to say she was the one that got the daredevil to say, I do. That's worth something, right? He put a, he put a ring on it, ladies. Uh, Mila was really different than any of other Matt's ladies because she was like purely innocent and just kind of got swept up into his yeah. madness. Everybody else, think about it. Everybody else we've talked about ties to his past, well, worked for him, a villain that was trying mm-hmm. to kill him, you know, a, a party girl that like, dated some of his friends and stuff like that. She came out of nowhere. And I'm saying maybe she is the one that he just met at the wrong time. Yeah. It's sad. This is a huge buy it. Huge buy it. Yeah. 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 I I totally agree. I mean, even Karen, who I guess is the closest, he's the closest, she's the closest to Mila in terms of like, original innocence she was just you know secretary happy yeah, yeah. blonde cute whatever it, you know they would eventually reveal like yeah your dad's a super villain oh also you know? don't date your secretary dude that's inappropriate yeah, <laughs> right. right and they, like Mila had none of that Mila had Nothing. normal parents she was from a loving family and, and she just got done real dirty by her relationship with Daredevil I love this comic uh, Bendis and Maleev's Daredevil is a near perfect yep. run of comic books. No argument. It's one of the all-time great runs. I will he- I would not hesitate to recommend it to almost anyone. This is a huge, huge buy it for me. It's very good. <sighs> Sorry, Mila. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Mila. <laughs> <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, baby. What <laughs> Matt, the cosmic long box definitely thinks Matt Murdock needs therapy now that we've discussed these eight ladies. But more importantly, it wants to know which one of these comics you'd pick to enter the THN permanent collection. Let's start there. (sighs) Gotta be Daredevil 41. It's tough, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna go with... I'm gonna go with... Daredevil volume two, number nine. I'm going with the first appearance of Echo. That book, I just love Joe Q. You know what? I love Joe Q so much, and I loved that intro, that character so much. I think that it has to be. I think that's number one with the bullet. As far as key issues we're talking about here, we talked about some amazing Frank Miller issues, some amazing Denny O'Neill issues, but like those weren't necessarily big key 
important they were not issues. Key issues. We were just talking about the character issues. that was in it. So I'm going with yeah. Daredevil Volume 2, number nine. You know what? That's fair. And I'm going to pick that as well. Like Daredevil 41 is great, but it's also like, obviously 41. Well, not 41. He didn't start with issue one, but it's many issues deep into Bendis' run. Uh, Daredevil number nine, though, first appearance of Echo, it's, it's excellent. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. Let's give it to Daredevil number nine. Secondly, I can't believe it's doing this, but the Cosmic Long Box is in a mood and it wants us to play Mary Fuck Kill Radcon, the Ladies of Daredevil edition. Well, explain I that it's protested. It's adding the retcon part to our game sure. for the comics edition. Yeah. So here's what we mean by that. The retcon part is you ch- you want to change that character's story, either erase them from continuity because you don't really care, yeah, or change their story to give them a better e- or different ending. Got it. Okay, so Mary, Daredevil, Mary Typhoid, Mary. You know why? You deserve it. You sick son of a bitch. You fucked up too many people. And she's probably the only (laughs) girl. She's probably the only girl that can hold her own with your madness, dude. And you deserve it. So Mary Typhoid Mary. Fuck Electra. (laughs) Of course. Electra's hot as hell. You know you want to. Have all the sex with Electra. (laughs) I I get it. But that's all it should be. Don't fall in love with Electra, dude. (laughs) That's a terrible idea. It's not going to work, okay? Uh, Yeah. Retcon. Oh, sorry. Kill. This is tough. This is tough, but I got to say kill echo, kill echo because it was, it was never going to work and it went to a terrible place and I don't care about what their character ended up by no fault of the character. It's just what happened that what Marvel did to her retcon. Yeah. Mila. There are no judgments here. It's Ret- everyone's got to be something. Retcon, everyone has to be one of the four things. Yes. Retcon. Poor Mila. Jesus Christ. She didn't deserve any of that. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. She either God. should have been hit by that bus or they never should have met at all. I'm saying retcon it. She, she falls in love with Daredevil. Oh my God. She just said, and he's like, you know what? No, I can't do that. My friend Foggy oh. pointed out that I'm going fucking crazy. <laughs> like, okay, and okay. I have to so deal this with my is things. A, this is and she this pines is a, for him. This is a world. Yes, she, this is the world where Matt Matt listens to his better angels. Yes, he's like, and she okay. she pines for him, and she I get it. And he's the one that got away for him from you know from her, and he's like, and he's like I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. I got to do some me time and take care of me. I shouldn't be with anyone. Retcon, poor Mila. My God, that girl got a raw deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right, for me, uh, Mary, let's see. There's only one right answer here. Um, it's obvious. Well, I mean, the right answer is Karen, I think. Yeah, because none of that terrible shit would have happened to her if you just married her and took care yeah. of her. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and also she was the like the most wholesome, his first yes. real... At least as far as we were concerned at the time, his first love. Not a ninja, not a KGB agent. Not an assassin, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so marry Karen. And I'm like, look, it's not Matt's job to save anybody. That's not what it's about. We're not talking about like women that need to be saved. That's not a man's job. No, but no. I think that if he had, if things had worked out differently with him and Karen, her life would have been better. His life would have been better. Literally, Mary none Karen of that made. shit would have happened to her. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, fuck the Black Widow, because come on. So hot. Uh, of course me? you would. 
Yeah. And you know, and you don't, and she's like a pro. She's like, I, I get it. We're superheroes. Okay. Okay. Let's not get too gross. All no, right, when all I right, say I'm, a pro, I'm, like they get the life. They're like, all right, we're oh, doing the thing. Well, sure. Yeah. She understands right. the like importance of, you know, yes. the no strings attached. And she can like, detach. She, can, she gets it. She can do the thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She can compartmentalize. Sure. But um, now I can't wait to see who you kill. <laughs> Ooh, um, you gotta kill Gloriana or Heather Glenn. Which one's it gonna be? <laughs> Look, do you want me to help you here? I think it's a toss-up, really. I don't. Um, I don't think it is at all. I, you think kill Heather? I think you gotta put poor Heather out of her misery. <laughs> Jesus. That well, girl. I mean, she already. I mean, she did die. I'm but- not saying she didn't, but it's like, look, it's. She was wrecked, yo. It was an like it was a nightmare towards the end. Like you, I'm really trying to keep this from becoming too problematic. <laughs> just saying. Um, I, I frankly, I think it's kind of a toss up because both women deserve to be retconned. I think that Gloriana, I, I think Gloriana, her past as a weird like IRA uh, coyote to bring IRA agents from Ireland to the the states is a bizarre part of her backstory. Oh sure, but. I, uh, she's also like unceremoniously killed like many, many, many yeah. issues after she had anything to do with Daredevil or Foggy. Yeah. A super villain throws her out a window. Retcon like, that I, shit. That's not like, come on. Why she didn't deserve that's what, that? And I'm saying, I think I would, rec- I would either. So I would also like, I would retcon Heather Glenn as never having at all because I don't really have any affinity for the character. I mean, whatever. I'm just saying, poor Heather. Is that bad? I would say let's, Put poor Heather out of her misery. I, I, I think I, so. All right, then I would retcon Heather into um, a character that is able to maybe handle her addictive behavior a little bit more capably. So then you're going to kill Gloriana. Listen, man, Gloriana didn't deserve to be killed is what I'm saying. I'm not saying anyone deserves it, but in this situation, if I've got to pick one, like, yeah, she's look, she was the train wreck. Do you see the problem with the game you've chosen? Yes, it's a problematic game, Joe, but it's all in good fun and none of these people exist. All right, we're not talking about anybody's kids. One of them does. We're not like, hey, let's talk about your best friend's kids. Which one would you marry, fucking kill? (laughs) If I have to, if I look, okay. I'm going to kill Gloriana because she is a footnote in the life of Daredevil. Oh, okay. You know what? I'll take that. And I'm going to retcon Heather because she was an important part of his life and she deserved better. That's almost even more sinister than where I was going, but I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I like, look, neither one of them She barely die, counts. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> no, it was not that was, fun. That was fun. Now that we've established Matt Murdock is the worst boyfriend ever. And I mean, like, date Galactus. You know, date the it's rhino. It's close. <laughs> you know, date- I, Sabretooth? Sabretooth is the worst boyfriend, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's eating people's guts, so... Uh, I'm, I don't know. Toss up, I'm saying. It's, <laughs> <Yeah. toss up. laughs> it's time to have the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to look at what the dock workers will be unloading off the comic barges next week and make our must-read picks for next new comic book day... <laughs> February 2nd. Uh, Highlights from next week. Michael Avon Oming's Blue Book returns with Blue Book 1947, number one from Dark Horse. Sinister Sons, number one hits the stand, starring Zod and Sinestro's kids. 
the one with the bad Zod's kid with the bad hair. Is gonna be he looks a little younger. The Sinestro's kid also has bad hair. Oh yeah, they got terrible hair. Sweetie Candy Vigilante is back at Dynamite with Volume Two, Joe. You know, you're what? excited about Thank that. God. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are back together in a new three-issue mini by Orlando and Tometa, the team on the regular Scarlet Witch. So it's going to be fun, and we can't have a new comic book day without. My Iskai life, I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world. Volume 11, the graphic novel. Joe Patrick, or any of these exciting titles, you're a must-read pick for next week. Well, I demand to know what the sales are like for My Iskai life, I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world. I'll bet Volumes it sells. One through 10. I'll bet it sells more Jim, than Batman. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, yeah, Jim, the, the bat signal has been lit. My pick for next week, there could not be anything other than Night Thrasher number one. My boy. My oh, boy, he's back. Oh, boy. He's from Marvel Comics. It's written by Jay Holtham, who I do not know. Nope. Art by Nelson Daniel, whose art I have seen. Yes, he's good. It's 40, 40 pages for four ninety nine. Here is your solicit. Oh, boy. I regret this already. Mm-hmm. It's time to thrash the night. Yep. <laughs> the death of a loved one draws Dwayne Taylor back to New York City. Though his days as Night Thrasher are long over. But Dwayne finds the past difficult to outrun when Silhouette, his ex-teammate from the New Warriors, and his ex-girlfriend, seeks his help against a new criminal called the OG. (laughs) And the mystery of the OG's true identity and what's to come will change Night Thrasher's legacy forever. I'm going to guess he's the original gangster, Joe. Now, don't make fun. Like, don't I miss see. this bold new direction for a cult classic character who is leaving the 90s behind him. Let me tell you what. Fabian Nicieza, co-creator of the New Warriors, had some thoughts about this tagline about leaving the 90s behind him. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was, was not happy Not with it. pleased. Nope. Uh, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know that I am a t- tremendous fan of that run of New Warriors and Night Thrasher a character who looks like kind of a joke, sounds like he should be a joke. He's definitely not a joke. Mm. Night Thrasher is cool. Mm. (laughs) Silhouette is cool. I'm excited for this. I do not know this writer at all, but hey. You know what? I got to support it. Joe Patrick, and you got a friend that's going to support you when you have to give this book a low skim it, and I give it a leave it. So (laughs) we'll see. Hey, I want it to be great. I know you want it to be great. My pick for next week goes to Dutch, number one, 32 pages, 399s from Image. It's written by Joe Casey with art by either Simon Gain or Simone Gagne. I don't know. Here's your solicit. Simon Gain, come on. Probably, probably. Here's here's your solicit. Miniseries premiere. Thanks, Thanks, Image. The legendary 90s super soldier returns for an all new adventure. An enemy from the past has forced Dutch back into the belly of the beast, but... That's beast hyphen butt. Will is not the belly of the beast butt. So the belly of the beast butt. To avoid yeah. any <laughs> confusion there. But will his former teammates welcome him back? Or will a cybernetic kill team get to him first? It's balls to the wall action from the team of Casey and Gain. Plus an exclusive variant cover by legendary Dutch creator Chap Yape. Or Yap. I'm not, I've I never really know how to say that name. I'm sorry. I never Chap. have. So. A lot of people are I like... I mean, I call him Chap Yap. 
Dutch? Like, who is this Dutch character? Well, Dutch hasn't been around for almost 30 years. There was a Dutch Zero last November that we missed. Dutch... Was there? His first appearance was Team Youngblood in 1993. Dutch is a completely throwaway character that was, like, thrown on to the Youngblood extended book by this creator that Joe Casey... Reached out and said, hey, 90s are back. People are having fun with it. I have a completely nutso idea for this massive world-spanning story I want to tell. With Now, hold on. Dutch. Do you think Joe Casey reached out? <laughs> or do you think somebody went to Joe Casey? He says in these interviews that, we, that he was like, okay. yeah, I wanted to do it with like some crazy. And I think he mentioned like Profit, what the Image did with Profit not too long ago, where yeah. uh, Brandon Graham... You know, like took profit yeah. and turned it into this amazing sci-fi epic, which you should definitely read. It's incredible. There was there was a whole line of like extreme universe reimagining yeah. glory. This is very um, much in that spirit, and it yeah. looks incredible. And look, I think you should all go to Image Fandom and look up Dutch. He is one dumb looking character back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> this looks Oh, is he one of the guys he is he one of the guys with the two the dual antennas oh, yeah. whipping from Oh, absolutely. His, yeah. Absolutely. Yep, yep. yep. Uh real A name filled staple. Jake Holland. Uh I'll just I'll I'll link you so you can have a look at our friend Jake here. You're not going to recognize him because he's so just he obviously 90s. looks different in the new comic. No, but I mean, like back, you won't recognize him from the '90s because he's just so plain old Rob Leefield V two, you know, like type character. I, I mean, I do recognize him. Oh God, look at that gun! Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, it's terrible. So I'm excited. I love it when they take this stupid, like nothing throwaway character and do something amazing with them. You've got me. I am on board. That is a bad, that is a bad one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Why does he have, okay. Look, the, on, no I matter what the, you're about to ask, the answer is the 90s, Joe. That's sure. your answer. I just, I don't understand the purpose of having two headsets. Not to mention the fact that, like, if you think about the Secret Service at this time, they had in-ears and microphones that were so much yeah. smaller than when any of these futuristic Hidden, idiots were wearing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, they both have little microphones. What's he doing? It's, What's he knows? doing? The, all right. The 90s, Joe. He's doing the 90s. There you go. Look, I like Joe Casey, so I'm all for it. The THN must-read trade for next week is Conan the Barbarian, Volume 1, Bound in Blackstone. It's a trade paperback from Titan Comics. It's written by Jim Zub. It's hilarious. Uh, if you Google it, the Diamond Sight credits this some artist named Guillermo Zuba something. It's like it's way as wrong as it could possibly be. And if you look at it, you're like, is that what Jim Zub's name is short for? The Jim Zub is a white boy from America. His name is Jim Zubkovich. The art here is by Roberto Della Torre and Various. We're big fans. It's 128 pages for $17.99. We like some of Various's work. We don't like it all. <laughs> well, look, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Our, our love varies Here's for Various. <laughs> Here's your solicit. Robert E. Howard's legendary Conan is back in a new tale of bravery and heroism. Years after the Battle of Venarium, a weary Conan returns to his homeland to seek rest and solitude. Samirium, by the way, is homeland. 
However, a mysterious scout rides in to warn the Sumerians of an imminent threat on the march from the Pictish wilderness. Will Conan and his new ally be able to hold off this new horde of invaders? Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I have not read any of the Titan Conan. We this did is, not. This is my chance to do it. it. I want to check it out. I want to give it a shot. Wooly Toots, he's our Conan expert. He's about 50. He's 50 lukewarm on it, but yeah. he is lukewarm. Uh, he's he's very picky about his Conan. He is. Like, and I get it. He's a super fan. We might love it. Who knows? For a more casual fan, it might be good and... It's definitely worth checking out. Let me tell you the days of high adventure. Every Wednesday, Joe and I are the first two down at the riverside on the docks watching the big hairy men with big hairy ropes pulling the comic barges so we can grab our picks. But I get it. If you can't make it down to the riverfront, be sure to pre-order your picks before heading out to the comic shop. Check out our Discord new comics channel to discuss all the new stuff you're reading and tune in next week to our new comic show so you can hear our reviews of these picks. Excelsior! (laughs) That is it for THN 729. Next time, we are back to reviewing new comics. We're going to give you a taste of our Patreon Extra 2. And if you can't get enough of this Valentine's-inspired THN stuff... Join us for the THN Gang Hang Saturdays at 11 o'clock Central. Check out our Discord for more details on that. Joe Patrick, what else can the listeners do at our Discord? Perhaps you want to get the latest scoop about billionaire trash bag Elon Musk funding transphobic knuckle-dragger Gina Carano's lawsuit against Disney. <laughs> Congratulations, you're the king chance. of the trolls. You've done it. Yeah, you know? Wow. <laughs> what a great thing to be remembered by, Elon. <laughs> You might need some help deciphering just what the hell is happening in the first chapter of this week's Joker Year One. I know I do. Or maybe you just want to discuss our question of the week. This week's question. Much like Virginia, the cigarette is for lovers. And that feeling of l'amour has even affected the question of the week. Sort of. (laughs) We want to know what gets your vote for the worst... Fictional romance. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be one that you personally hate, though it could be. Sure. It just needs to be one that uh, was terrible or ill-advised for everyone involved, like Matt and Mila, or Perfect. Matt and Karen, or <laughs> anyone Matt Matt's ever dated. <laughs> or, yeah. Please keep your question of the week suggestions coming. And sign up for our Discord with the link at twoheadednerd.com slash Discord. Once you get in, you can post about any of our segments there or send an MP3 submission for the comic pushers, ask a nerd, or whatever to twoheadednerd at gmail.com and we will put you on the show. Important note uh, about the Discord, it came up today. We do need to kind of uh, give you permissions to do certain things like go into the voice chat. So get in there. Participate, prove you're not a jerk, because we have a no jerks allowed policy. It's true. If you're new to the show and you're considering hiring a villainist to date the both of us and tear our hearts out in an attempt to end it, I assure you 
It's only because you haven't heard enough. The good news is... We probably do have it coming, though. <laughs> you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital longbox archive at twoheadednerd.com. THN is a listener-supported podcast. Would not be possible without the generosity of donors like our patron, Jay Mindeman, or is it Jay... Mindy man, which sounds like somebody yeah, like it's the mighty the, mindy man. I am mindy man. <laughs> if you like what you hear every week, it's easy to support the show. You can sign up to be a patron at patreon.com backslash two headed nerd. And don't force us to send mindy man after you make you do it. All right. I'll get you next time, Mindy Man. He's like our purple man. <laughs> he's great. Oh, no, I thought he was a good guy. Sorry. No, he's a bad I, guy. I got, Mindy Man? No way that guy's good. Uh, I mean, he gives us money. How bad could it be? No, he forces people to give us money. That's evil. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. Uh, maybe let's not spread that around. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Black Panther fans everywhere. This week, Marvel's distributor, Penguin Random House, announced that they, quote-unquote, lost... Thousands of copies. 12,000 from what we heard. 12,000 <laughs> copies of Ultimate Black Panther number one. So even if you did the right thing and pre-ordered it, you might not be getting yours. Say what you will about Diamond Comics. I don't remember them losing half of a print run. <laughs> Sometimes things were late or came packaged with uh, empty chocolate wrappers. Look, but that's a whole different problem. How do you lose 12,000 of anything? I don't care uh, what maybe, it is. Uh, maybe know? the harbor and maybe their harbor emptied out into the sea. Yeah, where their, their barge sank, I'm sure. Yeah, their barge sank. Where do you, Black Panther fans? And we hope you get your second printing already in the works because do, of this very debacle. Do not pay $80 for this, you guys. Don't. It's uh, it's do yeah, it. immediately being scalped online. Don't do it. do it. Until next time, true believers. Remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer. Might just lose your stack in the river. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off. I'd like to see my retailer try to sink my barge. Oh, that sounds gross when you say it like that. <laughs>